podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What's good, boys and girls? Two-footed podcast on August the 3rd. It is a Tuesday. No podcast yesterday because it was a bank holiday here in Ireland. I was mistaken in thinking it was also bank holiday in the UK, so I didn't inform any of you on Friday that there would be no show on Monday. So apologies for that, but we're back today. Brought to you, as always, by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online change your location, access things like American Netflix, access RTE player if you're outside the Republic of Ireland and want to watch the Ireland Championship, access the BBC iPlayer if you want to watch the Olympics on the BBC iPlayer. LibertyShield.com will also keep your data safe, so check out the website LibertyShield.com and use the code EPLVPN to get 20% off at checkout. Also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland but shipping worldwide homeofhopcroft.co.uk and finally brought to you by the EPL Index shop which is now on Etsy so download the Etsy app search EPL Index there's plenty of merchandise there a lot of Chelsea stuff a lot of Man City stuff some Spurs stuff whatever you want it'll be there a lot of Tottenham stuff uh, Tottenham and Manchester United stuff for new signings such as Jaden Sancho uh, you can also if you're a Liverpool fan check out the Anfield Index shop also to be found on Etsy. Right, folks, that's enough of that. Right, moving on. We have plenty of news from the weekend, but the biggest story is Harry Kane. For the second day in a row, he has not turned up to training. Uh, Kane is trying to force a move to Manchester City. He believes he has a gentleman's agreement, whatever that is, with Daniel Levy to leave the club this summer. Uh, he is expected to return by the end of the week, and talks are anticipated between himself and the club. City are keen to sign him, but do not want to pay 150 to 160 million, which is what Tottenham are demanding. They're obviously in the process of trying to buy Jack Grealish. A little bit more on that later. I think it's poor form by Kane. Uh, he was happy to sign a six-year contract in 2018. That contract still has three years left to run. He was happy to take the big pay rise when all was good at Tottenham. But he doesn't appear to have the stomach for a fight to try and get them back into the top four, get them competing for Premier League honours and cups. Let's not forget that Tottenham have played multiple cup finals. With Harry Kane. He didn't turn up in them. Champions League final 2019. He was the worst player on the pitch. League Cup final. This season. This past season. Worst player on the pitch. Probably shouldn't have played in either. Probably wasn't fit enough to play in either. But his ego. Wouldn't allow him to sit the games out. He could have been more beneficial to his team. Coming off the bench. But no. Not Harry Kane. He insisted that he had to play. And he caused his team both times. I think Harry Kane is one of the most egotistical players in the league. We've seen him do bizarre things, like swearing on his daughter's life that a goal was his. When replay showed, the ball never touched him. He stole a goal off Christian Eriksen while swearing on his daughter's life. That's not a normal mindset to have, and it's also not a winning mentality. It's a selfish mentality. It's a very, very selfish mentality. I think Kane has displayed this multiple times in his actions, and I think he's doing so again. And that, to me, is a bit of a concern. When you have a player who puts himself first, and he's the captain of your team, that's a big concern. And, you know, it's not just that Harry Kane didn't show up in those cup finals. It's that he didn't show up when Tottenham badly needed him in the 15-16 season 
when they were chasing the Premier League title, when in truth they should have won the Premier League title. And for the last four games of the season, he scores one goal in a draw against Chelsea. When the pressure's on, Harry Kane hasn't necessarily shown up. The last six games of that season, he scored in two of them. As Tottenham fell away and not just didn't win the league, ended up third. They had a real opportunity to win the title that season. They were a better team than Leicester. And yes, Kane scored a lot of goals that season. But he didn't turn up when they desperately needed him at the end of the season. He's been a little bit of a flat track bully in his career. I don't necessarily disagree with him wanting to go to Man City and winning trophy and win trophies. But you haven't enabled Tottenham to win trophies with the greatest Tottenham Hotspur team our generation has ever seen. You haven't offered anything in that circumstance. There's no titles to your name. That's a big, big concern. That really is something that we should be worried about with Harry Kane. You look back at Tottenham's run for the Champions League final in 2018-19. They beat Dortmund away 3-0. He doesn't play. He scores in the second leg, but the tie is over. They don't they don't need anything from him in that, that circumstance. They play Man City. And they beat Man City without him. They go through without him. He doesn't contribute to them getting through to the semi-finals. He doesn't play in either semi-final leg. And Tottenham go through. Miraculous comeback away to Ajax. When it looked like they were dead and buried. So Kane doesn't play a part in getting them to the final. Comes back from an injury. Clearly not fit. There's no way he hasn't demanded to start. There's no way Pochettino hasn't looked at that and thought we could be better off without him here. We've gotten here without him. It's been the combination of Kane being out of the team. Mora coming in, Son playing more centrally, and then Ericsson and Ali. That's what's gotten us here. That and the bedrock of the defence. But Kane insists on playing. And Tottenham were awful on the day. Genuinely dreadful. As bad a performance as you'll see in a Champions League final and he was the worst player on the pitch so they didn't need him to get there he cost them the final in part you look again at this year's league cup final he's awful he doesn't turn up towards the end of the season in 15-16 I don't know that Harry Kane is necessarily in a position to say to Spurs you're the reason I'm not winning things you're holding me back There's no question he's the best number nine in the league. But, I mean, look at the Premier League table the last couple of seasons. Look at Spurs since winning. Or since, sorry, since getting to the, the Champions League final. Sixth in the league in 1920. Out early in both cups. Out early in the Champions League. Last season. Seventh in the Premier League out early in the FA Cup, out early in the Europa League, got to the League Cup final, he played, he stank the place out. He hasn't done enough to say that he facilitates winning trophies to go and basically go on strike. And it's been really refreshing to see Rio Ferdinand call him out on this because as, as we could expect, most of the media reaction has been to back great Harry Kane. Martin Samuel has written Drek. There's a piece of Drek on the Athletic giving reasons why he's, he's done this. There's no reason to not turn up to work. There's no reason at all. 
to refuse to take part in training. Harry Kane should be at training, regardless of whether he wants to play for the club or not, regardless of whether he wants to make a move or not. Because then he could say, well, I did it the right way. I went about my business, I committed myself, and I got my move. What's he trying to accomplish here? Forcing Spurs' hand? I don't think Daniel Levy's the type of man who gets strong-armed. And I don't think the Spurs fans are reacting well to this at all. Like I say, the media will protect him in the same way they've protected Jordan Henderson over his temper tantrum in the last few days, which is even more ridiculous because he's already at a title-winning team, but he wants more money. His, his is about greed and ego. Kane's is about allegedly trophies and ego. Now, there'll be a lot of money involved as well. But if these were foreign players, if this was Paul Pogba and Raheem... Forget foreign. If this was Paul Pogba and Raheem Sterling, the media outcry would be incredible. Neither of these players would be able to play in the country anymore. But Harry Kane is being protected. Henderson's being protected. I don't know why we do this. I don't know why they can't all just be judged the same way. Harry Kane's actions this week are a disgrace. And Spurs won't have the bottle to do it, but they should insist that he stay and they should strip him of the captaincy. Give the captaincy to somebody else. Give the captaincy to somebody who is committed. And of course, if Kane doesn't get his move, he'll say all the right things. He'll say he's committed and blah, blah, blah. But he clearly isn't. He clearly isn't committed if he's not turning up for training. And I think it's shameful. I think the coverage of it is almost as bad. But for the Athletic to write a story calling it a rebellion, I mean, that's not what it is. He's on strike. He's refusing to play. He is breaching the terms of his contract. Let's call it what it is. It's a work stoppage. He is refusing to work. And Tottenham should find him. They won't, but they should. Better news for Tottenham. Joe Hart is leaving. Uh, on his way to Celtic on a free transfer. Rumoured to be signing a two-year deal. About 15 grand a week. Spur uh, Celtic obviously looking for a bit of experience. They're a mess. So Joe Hart should fit right in. Uh, for Spurs, I assume it's just a move to get him off their wage bill. Because he isn't very good anymore. Uh, unfortunately for Joe Hart. His peak ended very early for a goalkeeper. And the last four or five years really haven't been very good. Considering he was England number one. And looked like he would be England number one for a substantial period of time. He said a, a failed loan at Torino. A failed loan at West Ham. He was at Burnley. It didn't go well at all. Uh, and now obviously... He's been at Tottenham for a season and it hasn't gone well. He didn't play, um, but he certainly didn't manage to rediscover anything resembling form. Joe Hart's career was basically done when he was 29 years of age. That's unusual for a goalkeeper. At that point, they're normally coming into their peak years, especially a goalkeeper like him. 6'5", very well built, dominant goalkeeper, good on crosses, vocal those type of goalkeepers normally peak going into their 30s. Smaller, more athletic goalkeepers who rely on reflexes, they normally peak that little bit earlier because their athleticism is what makes them special. Hart has never been a tremendous athlete. He's a good athlete, but his presence, his command of his box, those are the things that can have made him a very good goalkeeper for a number of years. He's had a good career. Celtic is a nice move. It's a big club, but he's joining Celtic at a bad time. They are in a bad old way. Um, one striker who does not look like he will be moving is Romelu Lukaku. Chelsea have had a bid of £85 million and Marcus Alonso turned down by Inter Milan. This is the third bid, apparently, that Chelsea have made for him. Uh, they might want to get the hint that Inter don't want to sell. He's also been very clear that he doesn't want to leave. But I can understand why Chelsea would want him. Right now, I would say he's a top three striker in the world. Um, 
Lewandowski, him and Kane are the three that stand out above everybody else at the minute. So I can understand Chelsea wanting to go and get him. I think they're aware that they're unlikely to get Erling Haaland when it comes to next summer and the sweepstakes begin because everybody's going to bid from, everybody's going to throw bags of money not doesn't cover it. Like the suitcases of money. This will be insane how much Haaland gets offered. Now what I do think might happen is in the next few months, we might hear that Haaland has signed a new deal with Dortmund, not to stay long term, but to buy out the buyout clause. So Dortmund might offer him uh, 200 grand a week, which would be a big raise from the 60 or so he's on now. In return, he will give up his buyout clause, but know that he's leaving next summer when Dortmund will probably get somewhere in the region of 150 to 200 million. I mean, if Kane is going at 150 million, I know Haaland isn't English and doesn't come with the English tax, but he'll be 22. Kane is 28. He doesn't have a track record of injury. Kane does. Haaland will go, I think, for more than Kane. You've also got that incredible potential of what he could become. So I don't think Chelsea realistically expect that they'll be the ones to get him. I think it'll be Real Madrid. But if it goes to open season, if the buyout goes, then it could be anybody. And all of a sudden it could be Chelsea because they will be one of the few clubs that will have the money to put down 150, 180 million. Them... City, but they might rule themselves out of the running this summer with Kane. There's also the fact that Pep and Mino Riola don't get on at all. So that might rule City out. PSG would be in the mix. Real will find their way into it somehow, but they just might not be quite... See, if it's an open season, they can be outbid. Like Dortmund aren't going to accept $140 million from Real if that's the most they can pay, when they might get 170 out of Chelsea or PSG or somebody else. So it would make it harder for Real and make it potentially more possible for Chelsea. But if the buyout stays, I don't think Chelsea get Haaland, which is why they would want Lukaku. Uh, some outgoings from Chelsea, Valentino Livramento, young right-back, very, very talented player. He is moving to Southampton, who desperately needed a backup right-back behind. Kyle Walker-Peters. Livermento's an attack-minded player, can also play on the wing or in midfield. Uh, only 18. I think Chelsea have included a buyback clause in this one, which makes sense. Protect your future. Protect the future of himself. And, and if he blows up and becomes a, a top-tier player, which there's been a lot of talk that he is one of the more talented players to come out of their academy. At least they're protected if anything happens and they're not going to lose out on a potential star. But does mark yet another young departure from Chelsea this summer. Um, the second one to go to Southampton, uh, Daniel Simeo went last week. Talented player, very, very highly rated young centre-back. Uh, he had run down his contract, I believe he had a year left. He's gone to Southampton as well. Miles Pert-Harris, young midfield player, he went to Brentford. Lewis Bate, he went to Leeds. Mark Wehi obviously went to Crystal Palace. Uh, Fakayo Tamori went to AC Milan. They released a few players, including Izzy Brown, who, when they stole him from West Brom, was one of the most talented young players in the country. Made his West Brom debut at 16 plays attacking midfielder or as a wide player, a very, very creative player, went to Chelsea eight years ago. Eight years ago, was promised the sun, moon and the stars. One appearance in eight years. No appearances in the last seven years. Very, very disappointing the way his, he's been developed. He's had a lot of loans. He's been at Vietas Arnhem, Rotherham, Huddersfield, Brighton. Uh, had a little spell on loan at Leeds. It didn't go well. Had a good loan at Luton. A good loan at Sheffield Wednesday. Still very, very talented, but 
just hasn't worked out for him. He's gone to Preston, and hopefully he can get his career back on track and become not the player he was going to be, but certainly a good championship player. Um, but when we see Chelsea with all these players who are leaving, young players, it, it it does give you pause for thought. I mean, we had Ryan Baldi on a couple of weeks ago to talk about academies, and his book is obviously coming out later this month. And Ryan talked about how Chelsea have this enormous academy and how they bring in huge numbers of young players. John Russell's another young player, midfield player, gone to Huddersfield. Luke McCormick, another good young midfield player, he's gone to AFC Wimbledon, had a good loan with Bristol Rovers last year. You just see all these players go through and it's basically just like a factory. And Chelsea bring them in one end and churn them out at the other. And they just don't make the grade. I mean, if you look at Chelsea's first team squad, none of the goalkeepers came through the academy. They'll claim Andreas Christensen, but I mean, they bought him from from Denmark. Uh, Reese James, there's one. Ethan Ampadu, they'll claim they bought him. Dion Sterling, he's in the first team squad, but we're yet to see him play. We don't know whether he's going to be a Chelsea player. Not only two appearances for the club so far, both a few years ago, spent the last couple of years on loan. Um, so we don't know if he makes the grade there. Jake Clark Salter, I remember they had big high hopes for when he was coming through the academy as a young centre-back. Two appearances, none in the last few years. A couple of seasons on loan with Birmingham. Maybe he stays there again this season. Trevo Chalaba, Nathaniel Chalaba's younger brother, very, very talented. Never played a senior game for Chelsea, having come through. Now he's 22. He's been on loan the last three seasons last year in France. It's unlikely he gets a chance this year or makes the grade there. Ruben Loftus-Cheek came through the academy, but that hasn't worked. He hasn't been developed. He had that injury. But his best spell of his career was the loan at Crystal Palace. Um, Tino Angeron is there, but one appearance in the Premier League, five so far. We'll wait and see if he gets more minutes this year. Obviously a talented player, but you know, Lewis Baker came through their academy. He's never going to make it. He's 26 now, and he's never played a Premier League game for them. I think he's made one appearance in all competitions. And since 2014-15, he's just been on loan after loan after loan. So fair to say Lewis Baker's not going to get an opportunity. You've got Mason Mount there. He's established himself. Tammy Abraham came through their academy. They're actively trying to sell him this summer. Armando Broya, he came through the academy. Again, they're actively trying to sell him. Charlie Musanda, they bought him. He's not an academy graduate. They might count him, but they bought him. They paid money to Anderlecht to bring him in when he was 15 or 16. Um, Ike Ugbo, he's not going to make it at Chelsea. He's had four or five loans, never played a senior game for them in the league, uh, never played a senior game for them at all. You see all these players coming through Chelsea and you do just wonder, like, how many of you are actually going to make the grade? Uh, Armando Broglie is the young Albanian striker born in England, but plays for Albania through his parents. He's talented. Spent last year at Vitas Arnhem, did quite well. I think he scored... Uh, 10 or 12 goals for them but you know will he make it at Chelsea it doesn't really seem likely he's only 19 so possibly but you go through the squad and there are two players the other one is Callum Hudson-Odoi who allegedly wants to leave he hasn't yet established himself despite being ridiculously gifted played quite a bit the last two seasons but is he going to make the grade as a full-time starter at Chelsea? Is he just going to be a squad player? I mean, there's nothing wrong about developing squad players. But when you have that academy, you have the number of kids going through your academy that Chelsea do. And your first team squad contains two regular starters in Mount and, um, and Reese James. And one contributing squad player in Callum Hudson-Odoi. Because, I mean, Tuchel doesn't rate Tammy. You could include Tammy if you want. Include Tammy, that's fine. That's four out of a big squad. 
that actually contribute something. You look at the centre-backs, I'd rather have Fikayo Tomori than Kurt Zuma. I'd rather have Mark Wehi than Antonio Rudiger. I'd rather have Livramento in my squad than the likes of Emerson, the likes of Marcus Alonso. And I know they're left-backs and he's a right-back, but the point stands, these young kids aren't getting the opportunities at Chelsea, which is why so many of them are making the decision at 19, 20, even 18 with Lewis Bate, to move on, to go elsewhere where there will be opportunities. Seven young academy players leaving Chelsea this summer. At least two of them are good enough to contribute this coming season, Gwehi and Tamori. And I actually think they will be better fits in what Chelsea want to do than the senior players that they're keeping. Especially Tamori. I mean, Tamori went to AC Milan and displaced the club captain. The captaincy at Milan is a massive deal. And Romagnoli was the captain and Tamori just went and took his place. You know, and you look at the likes of Billy Gilmore and you wonder, is there going to be a future at Chelsea for you? Look at Conor Gallagher gone on loan again. There's probably not a future there for him. He's 21 now, be 22 in February. They've never given him a real look. Zero senior games for Chelsea. Zero. You'd think at this point he would have had a handful, but three straight loans. Charlton did really well at Charlton. Had a, a good loan at... Um, at Swansea. I never understood why he moved between Charlton and Swansea. They recalled him. I, th- I assume Chelsea recalled him from, from Charlton to cover January or something, but he was doing brilliantly there. Went to Swansea, did well in his half there. Um, had a really good loan then at, at West Brom last season, though couldn't keep them up. And obviously gone to Palace for this coming season. But you can you just have to wonder what what the opportunity is going to be for him. Like, so he's probably gone next summer as well. Mason Mount, Reese James, Tammy will be gone this summer. Hudson Odoi, I think, would like to leave. So you end up with Mount and James, and that's it. They're the only ones that will probably contribute next season. That came through the academy from a young age on through to the first team. And again, This is the biggest academy in the country in terms of the numbers of kids involved. They just treat these kids as as numbers. They don't treat them as humans, as players. And um, I think when people, if people read Ryan's book, which they should, like I say, be out later this month, I think their eyes will be open to a lot of the, the messing about that goes into academies and the treatment of young players. And remember, these aren't these aren't young players. These are children. They're children. They're six, seven, eight, nine-year-old children that should be playing football only for fun. And yet with Chelsea, it, it's, there's none of that. There's no fun allowed. So, you know, and what's the payoff? Eventually you get discarded or they sell you on for a profit. Kind of feel like if you're a young kid in the London area and you've got a choice between Chelsea and Crystal Palace or Chelsea and Charlton, Chelsea and Fulham, don't go to Chelsea. Um, Aston Villa made a bid over the weekend for James Ward-Prowse. A £25 million bid was knocked back by Southampton, who want closer to £40 million, apparently. I think £40 million is a stretch for a player like Ward-Prowse. Solid Midfield player, obviously great set pieces, good pass for the ball. But I do think I do think there's a ceiling on his game. I don't think he's a top four calibre player. But for Villa where they are now, I think he'd be a solid signing. I would assume that is them looking to spend some of the money they may be about to receive for Jack Grealish. If you think Ward Prowse, Douglas Louise, and John McGinn maybe is a midfield three. Leon Bailey, they almost have that deal completed. Uh, Emi Buendia, they have that one completed. And then Ollie Watkins as the nine, four three three. Buendia off the left, 
Bailey off the right. Now, they've also been linked with Tammy Abraham. There's a couple of other players whose names have been mentioned. So maybe it's a case where they want to get some depth out of a deal for, for Grealish, where they sell him and bring in, you know, three or four players, build out the depth. So they've got a solid 11 and then three or four they're happy to count on. Maybe it's a thing where the midfield is a, a rotation of Louise McGinn and Ward-Prowse two of three rather than all three at once. I think Ward-Prowse makes sense for Villa. It's a step up for him, I think. I think I think we'd all agree Villa's a, a step up from Southampton. Bigger club, bigger history, bigger fan base. Certainly more money, a better ownership situation. Don't think they have a better manager. I do think Ralph Hasenhut is a better manager than Dean Smith. But Dean Smith's still a, a decent manager. Good established core of a team. I've said before, I said it on Friday, I, I think Grealish, Villa can get better by selling him. While everything runs through him now, I think with a couple of good replacement players in, like Tammy, like Bailey, I think they still need a centre-back to replace Mings. But, you know, like a Ward Price, I think Villa can get better by selling Grealish and spending the money that way. Now, it is unusual that we have heard nothing about the Grealish deal since the bid went in. The bid went in on July 30th, and we're here now on the 3rd of August, and nothing has happened. No word. So, are Villa trying to hold off, trying to get him to agree a new contract? And if they can't, then they accept the bid and he goes. Maybe that's the case. City seem confident that they'll get him. Villa seemed very confident that they could keep him, but that seems to have shaken a little bit. I still think it's an absolutely ludicrous price, £100 million for a £50 million player. But it is what it is. But Villa are at least making moves to spend their money. Um... They're also interested in Axel Tunzebi from Manchester United. Now, I'd imagine that's more as a as a backup to the likes of Mings and Konza. But he's a solid, solid young centre-back who can still develop more. Uh, if they get Tammy in, I think, I think Tammy and Watkins would be very, very good. Very, very good. Either as a two or with Watkins playing wide. And then you'd play Buendia as the 10, Bailey off the right. And then maybe that's where you play Ward-Prowse as, you know, two from three. Him, McGinn and Douglas Louise, two from three will always play so you keep a high level. A two of Ward-Prowse and McGinn, not ideal, but against certain teams would absolutely be fine. Um, but, you know, you can also play the three. You still have Marvis Nakamba there as well if you need a ball winner. Filler strengthening in the right areas. They're, they're going about their business well. I like that we're hearing nothing out of Villa at the minute about the bid. Jack Grealish is at training. And rumours are that Jack Grealish has already agreed personal terms with City, that he's keen on the move. Kane hasn't agreed personal terms. Grealish's move seems to be far more advanced. Bid in. He's at training. He's carrying himself well. Acting as a club captain should. Acting as a professional should. He's not on strike. He's not sat at home. Sulking. And Grealish has been through far harder times than Harry Kane. Grealish got relegated and stayed in the championship for three years. Funnily enough, the club that really wanted him when he was in the championship was Spurs. But Jack Grealish has far more right to want out of Villa after what he's given them than Kane does out of Spurs. Harry Kane's had it easy. These last two years, they're the toughest years of his career. He walked into a good Spurs team. They built a great team around him. Delhi. Ericsson, Son, couldn't ask for better attacking teammates. Strong defence, good midfield. Grealish was once managed by Tim Sherwood. Now, I know he was at Spurs as well, 
But, you know, Grealish has been through a lot more. He'd have more right to go on strike. But he's carrying himself very, very well. Uh, And Mike McGrath in the Telegraph is reporting that Villa have hopes for a deal for for Tammy Abraham. Matt Law reporting that uh, Villa also looking to add to their backroom staff, bring in a specialist set-piece coach, uh, which we've seen a number of clubs do. Um, Also, Declan Rice, Matt Law reporting, Declan Rice returned to pre-season training at West Ham. He has turned down an offer of a new contract, but it looks like he will start the season in East London and he will keep giving his all. So he's at training, committed, and not going to rock the boat. And that's at West Ham. One of the worst ownership situations in the league. A much smaller club than Spurs. He's just getting on with it. Harry Kane spat the dummy. Jordan Henderson spat the dummy. These younger players are showing the older players how they should be acting. Um, We'll take a break. Oh, no, quick, two last quick bits of news. Andrei Shevchenko has stepped down as manager of the Ukraine national team. That's not really relevant for any reason other than it's Andrei Shevchenko. And he was a great player. And Adam Webster has signed a new long-term contract at Brighton. Five-year deal uh, with a hefty pay rise. Signed for 20 million two years ago. Obviously, he's done very, very well for them. And it does look like they plan to play a back four next year. So Duncan Webster in a back four is is better than Duncan Webster plus one in a three, I think. Um, whether that works with Lamptey and maybe Cucurella, I don't know. They're far more attack-minded than normal fullbacks. Maybe Potter goes to a back three once the season gets started. But in the preseason game I watched, they played a back four. Maybe that was just down to numbers. Um, we'll take a break. When we come back, we've got a few days of gossip to get through. Seen a few. Right, welcome back. Um, last bit of news before we get into the gossip. It looks like Granite Jack is about to sign a new contract with Arsenal. If you wonder why the banter era continues at Arsenal, uninterrupted, it's because of things like this. He wanted to leave. They wanted to sell him. And now they're giving him a new contract. And not just like an extra year They're giving him a contract till 2025. Why on earth would you give him a four-year contract extension? There's just no logical reason for doing that at all. As it is, he's got two years left on his deal. So if you're worried that he gets to next summer and you'll struggle to sell him for a decent price because we have 12 months, give him one extra year, not two. He's definitely going to get a pay rise despite having been largely dreadful since joining Arsenal. They already gave him one contract extension after his first two seasons when he was awful. This is why Arsenal aren't going to climb out of this hole. Because Edu does ridiculous things like this. Granite Jack is not a winning player. He's not a good midfield player in the Premier League. Stop giving contracts to bad players. This is Willian all over again. Right, into the gossip. Um, Three days worth to get through. Can't find Saturdays. Uh, Real Madrid will open talks with Paris Saint-Germain in the coming weeks for a deal to sign Kylian Mbappe. Unlikely. Aston Villa are to offer Jack Grealish a new contract worth 200000 a week to try and keep him at the club and stop him moving to Man City. It's a lot of money, but Villa have it and they're happy to pay it. I would prefer to see him stay there because I think it would mean more if he won even an FA Cup there than if he went and won multiple league titles at City where they just they buy their success and they cheat and they have financially doped their way to much success. That's not... My words, that's the words of the Premier League. That's the words of UEFA. That's their own words. Check the emails that have now leaked out 
because they've been unable to keep them hidden. City pay their own sponsorship deals. City were claiming they were getting 90 million a year from Etihad. They weren't. They were getting 8 million a year and topping the rest up themselves. It would mean more if Grealish won something with Aston Villa. Manchester United midfielder Paul Pogba, who has been heavily linked with a move to Paris Saint-Germain, can see a long-term future at Old Trafford, but the Frenchman may not sign a contract extension this summer. I, this is nonsense. If he could see a long-term future, he'd sign the contract they've already put in front of him. Uh, they shouldn't want him to stay because he's been a failure there. They should look to sell him and get whatever they can and move forward. Paris Saint-Germain manager Maurizio Pochettino says the club are working away quietly in the transfer market and would not be naming, not be drawn on naming Pogba as a target. I think it's obvious that he is a target, but Pochettino is not the one to say it. Leonardo handles all transfers there, and Pochettino's just best to left. leave it to him. And if things fail, he can always point the finger. Uh, Tottenham have offered $43 million for Christian Romero. And Atalanta are open to accepting that. Now, it looks like the replacement they want is Mary Demerel. Juventus going to repeat the trick of loaning a centre-back to Atalanta with an option to buy in a very foolish manner. They should still have Romero. They should have Romero, Demerel and Delict with the two older statesmen, Bonucci and Cialini, which would give them the best core in the world. No group, no club has a better group of centre-backs than that. They've also got that young Romanian kid, uh, Dragusic. He's very, very talented as well. So Juve are doing silly things because they've dug themselves an enormous hole. Uh, Colombian playmaker James Rodriguez says he's unsure whether he will be staying at Everton, but he's ruled out a return to Real Madrid. I think Real Madrid ruled out a return to Real Madrid when they pushed him out the door, bags in hand. Um, Borussia Mönchengladbach and Germany midfielder Florian Newhouse remains a target for Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp but the Reds would not be able to meet his price tag around 34 million if they wanted him they would have him indoor already they don't want him he is a player who was on a list he is not the top target he was never the top target and 34 million wouldn't put them off Liverpool have joined Juventus and Arsenal in the race to sign Manuel Locatelli that one I can believe. I think he'd be a good fit. Um, could potentially add more goals to his game and then become that goal-scoring midfielder that Liverpool need. We've seen him in the last year or so develop his movement into the box, the timing of his, of his runs, and he got, got a couple of goals at the Euros as well. Um, Southampton have turned in a bit for Ward-Prowse. This is great news uh, for Jake Jackman and all Newcastle fans. Steve Bruce is set to be handed a new three-year contract. Yep, that would be the most Newcastle thing possible. Everton remain undecided about PSV Eindhoven's 25-year-old Dutch defender, Denzel Dumfries. I would just say, go and have a look at the right-backs that you have, and you should no longer be undecided about Dumfries, who is substantially better than what your current options are. Senior sources at Liverpool are not dismissing links with Jared Bowen. I'd imagine, again, he's on a list. I would say he is very close to the bottom of that list. Uh, Arsenal giving Granit Xhaka contract, blah, blah, blah. Leeds are in early talks about signing Huddersfield Town's 22-year-old English midfielder, Lewis O'Brien. Uh, this is from Football Insider, so it's probably trash. But they do have a, you know, a like for young English players. They've certainly snapped up a bunch of them. He's got, I believe one year left on his contract. Um, and he's obviously become quite a big part of their team over the last two seasons after a good loan with Bradford. I would imagine, am I right in saying that the, the Huddersfield assistant, or the Huddersfield manager is Bielsa's former assistant manager? So maybe he's gotten a, they've gotten a tip off there. Yeah, uh, O'Brien has one year left. On his contract. I'm almost certain that Huddersfield's manager. Yeah, Carlos Cobron. He was Leeds under 23 manager. Not Bielsa's assistant. But yeah, he worked under Bielsa. I'd imagine there's been some talk back and forth. Um, Tottenham are considering making a move. 
for 29-year-old Nigeria psych striker Simeon Chukwu, to Chukwu, uh, better known as Simi, who scored, yes, why would you not just call him Simi, uh, who scored 20 Serie A goals for Crotone last year. Now, Spurs are always looking for a backup for Kane. Always. And they never, ever get this one right. This is always the mess they find themselves in. They end up buying, I mean, some decent players. Vincent Janssen's a good player. Um, Fernando Llorente's a good player. But those deals didn't work out. Those just weren't successful transfers. But Simi could be, because he is the type that can have a big impact off the bench. Um, He's been at Crotone now for five years, and he's gotten better each season. The last three years, he got 14 and 33 in Serie B, then 20 and 37 in Serie B to get them promoted. And then remarkable last season with 20 and 38 in his first season in the top flight of Italian football. He's 6'6". He's an absolute weapon. Um, He would be the type of backup striker that would make sense behind Kane big awkward can play in a, on his own or in a two so he could play him with Kane in certain circumstances or if they signed Vlahovic to sell to sell Kane to sign Vlahovic they could play Simi as the backup there either but yeah he he's the type of signing Tottenham should look at um Crystal Palace Watford and Brentford are being linked with New Zealand midfielder Matthew Garbett, who plays for Swedish club Falkenbergs. Don't know him, don't know anything about him, so can't really pass any remarks on him. Um, Manchester City will end their pursuit of Harry Kane if they sign Jack Grealish. So is part of Kane's strike a tantrum that because of the price City put on him, or that Spurs put on him, City weren't willing to pay it? So went for Grealish with whatever money that they can they can spend this summer. Because, you know, they operate in a tight budget. Pep says they can't afford to buy anybody. And, um, you know, multiple outlets, including the Telegraph, have given us a detailed breakdown on how they're going to sign Kane and Grealish and only have a 50 million net spend because they've got money due from deals for players they sold three years ago. It, the tripe... The mental gymnastics these people do to lie to the reading public is incredible. Um, James Rodriguez has been told he does not have a future at Everton and is free to leave. That's from the Liverpool Echo. So, you know, close to the club, at least, they might have some sort of insight. Atletico Madrid have moved ahead of Arsenal in the race to sign Inter Milan's 23-year-old Argentine striker, Latura Martinez. I just can't imagine that he would end up at Arsenal. I just can't see him wanting that move. Inter have turned down Arsenal's offer, which included either Hector Bellerin or Alex Lacazette as part of a deal for Martinez. I know they, they're rumoured to want Bellerin. I'm sure they'd like Lacazette, but Lacazette and Lukaku doesn't really make a ton of sense. Um, but they'll want cash because they're they're in need of cash this summer. Tottenham have had a £43 million bid for Christian Romero accepted. It hasn't been accepted yet. That's some talk sports, so you know it's tripe. Leeds are interested in Adama Traore. I just, I can't see Bielsa putting up with him. He's so frustrating. Tottenham are also considering a move for Traore. Nuno and Traore didn't get on last season. So that seems weird to me as well. Julian Nagelsmann says he is confident that Leon Goretzka will sign a new contract with the Bundesliga champions. I would imagine he will. I don't see him leaving. I mean, why would you leave Bayern in your prime when you've got Kimmich, you've got Sané, you've got Gnabry, you've got this great young core in defence with Upamecano, Lucas Hernandez, Alfonso Davies. That team is only going to get better and better. You've got Jamal Musiala. Bayern are going nowhere. Bayern are going to be really, really good for the next four or five years without doing much of anything to the squad. So, you know, they'll need to replace Lewandowski eventually. But Musiala replaces Muller. The two wingers are great. They've still got Kingsley Coleman as a great third winger. They might look to bring another body or two in midfield and maybe a right back. And then obviously they'll need to replace Neuer. But 
the core of Bayern for the next four or five years is already there. Um, Karim Benzema has signed a one-year contract extension with Real Madrid to tie him to the club until 2023. I assume that's plan B in case they don't get Haaland or Mbappe. Um, West Ham remain in talks with Chelsea over Kurt Zuma, but are struggling to reach an agreement. Nikola Milenkovic is an alternative option. Nikola Milenkovic is better than Kurt Zuma. So why he would be your alternative, I don't know. Thomas Tuchel says the future of Ruben Loftus-Cheek is in his own hands. Uh, what that basically is, go away. We don't want you here anymore. Find yourself a move. The agent of Tottenham defender Davinson Sanchez has held talks with Sevilla, who see him as a potential replacement for Jules Kunde, who has been linked to Chelsea. Now, that's gone a little bit quiet over the last few days as well. But Tottenham definitely still want Kunde. So maybe they can rework a deal there. They've obviously had talks with Sevilla this summer that went well over Brian Gill. They've had talks over Kunde. There were some rumours that he turned them down, but reliably told it didn't get that far. He, he never got to the point of being asked about it. They just outlined the broad kind of scope of a deal and um, they may well revisit it after they get Christian Romero done. Wolves have expressed an interest in signing Aaron Ramsey, although he is not convinced by a move to Molyneux. The only reason he wouldn't be convinced is because they won't pay him a fraction of what he's on at, um, at UVA, but nobody's going to. So, you know, I, I doubt Wolves have any interest personally. Wolves striker Rafa Mir has been offered to Barcelona. This is trash. He's not been offered to Barcelona. He really is not being offered to Barcelona. Like, let's be really realistic about who Rafa Mir is. He's a good, solid, young attacker. We think he's 24 now. He's not going to be a world beater. He's never going to be a world-class player. Last season, he scored 13 goals in the Liga on loan. The season before that, he had a dreadful loan at Nottingham Forest in the Championship. He didn't score at all. He's failed in the Premier League. He didn't do well in the Liga with Valencia. He's a solid player who maybe, maybe, maybe works out of being a good mid-table player in La Liga or in the Premier League, but not beyond that. Um... Let's not speculate about Barcelona and him. That's just foolish. Absolutely foolish. Burnley and Watford are going head-to-head in the race to sign Josh Doig of uh, Hibernian. Very talented young left-back, very highly rated. And then last thing is, some, uh, sorry, Monday's gossip. Uh, Manchester City are £40 million short of Tottenham's £160 million asking price for Harry Kane. So that's quite a lot then. That's that's a lot of money short. Oh, that's a that's a Sadio Mane or a Mo Salah short of um, Tottenham's ask price. So not really in the ballpark. Chelsea have not given up hope of re-signing Lukaku. I think they probably should at this point. Barcelona are set to officially announce Lionel Messi's new five-year contract in the coming days. They can announce it all they want. They still can't register him, so it makes no difference. Newcastle have inquired a bit of move for Aaron Ramsey now. Considering how well Willock did there in that goal-scoring midfield role, Ramsey would make sense, but again, they're not going to pay him the money. So unless Juve are going to give him up on a free and pay a bunch of his wages to get him to go away, or loan him and pay a bunch of his wages, I just don't see how that happens. Manchester United have 12 months to convince Erling Haaland they are the right club for him. The 21-year-old is also wanted by Chelsea and a host of other clubs is expected to move next summer when clubs can trigger a release clause of about £75 million. That's what I was talking about earlier on. I, I really don't think. United had the chance to get him. They had the inside track because of Oli, and he turned them down. So I really don't see him going there next summer. Um, especially when... I saw this over the weekend. This tri- I was talking about Tripe earlier on, a journalist producing Tripe to defend clubs and individual players. And I saw an article... At, Listing the terms and details of, you know, United Summer so far. And they talked about how Varane and Sancho were signed to a strict budget. A strict budget. 
them boys are getting paid about 750 grand a week combined. Three quarters of a million a week just to those two. Behave yourselves with your strict budget. Nonsense. Aston Villa have made a second bid of James Ward-Prowse after initial offer was rejected. This is the second bid. The first bid was made back in like late June, early July. Uh, Leicester, Leeds and Everton are competing for the signing of Marcus Asensio. Um, I doubt it, but he would make sense for all of them. He's a really, really good player. He'd be ideal for Leicester on the right, cutting in onto his left foot. Um, I He'd be ideal for Everton as well, but I just don't see him going there. Unless he wants to play for Bielsa, I don't see him at least. Leicester probably have the best chance of the three of them because they've got European football. Atletico Madrid are preparing for Kieran Trippier's potential move to Manchester United by lining up Alessandro Florenzi of Roma as a replacement. Again, I, I doubt that that's true. Sheffield United are in talks to sign former uh, Leeds midfielder Ronaldo Vieira from Sampdoria. I like him. He's a good midfield player. He was really good at Leeds. Now, I don't know how his time has happened. gone. I know he was on loan last season, or at Sampdoria, rather. Um, looks like he had one season as a regular in the squad. Didn't do well last year on loan at Hellas Verona. Probably makes sense for him to come back to the UK. Um, was that the Leeds Academy for a year and then in the first team for a couple of seasons? He's kind of bounced around a bit, though. He's in a bunch of different academies. Talented player. And I love the fact his name is Ronaldo. His brother's name is Romario. He's got a twin. Uh, Romario. But he doesn't go by Romario Vera. He goes by Romario Barrow. And he is currently at Porto. That can't be right. Doesn't matter. It's not important anyway. Um, Chelsea are still hoping to sign Jules Kunde, but they will need to sell an existing centre-back for any move can be concluded. Liverpool's interest in Nicolo Barella has been played down. All Liverpool interest gets played down. Liverpool have set to turn their attention to Guido Rodriguez with the Argentine seen as a replacement for Ginny Wijnaldum. I doubt it. I mean, he's good. He's just not... I don't think he's anywhere close to the calibre player Liverpool would want. Newcastle are looking to sign Bubakar Kamara for 10 million. Stop being cheap, Mike, actually. 19 million will get him this summer. That's basically the price that's been floated. 19 million will get him, 10 million won't. Um, Tottenham are in preliminary talks to sign Connor Cody. No, no, they're not. They're just not. Again, football insider, tripe. Inter Milan boss Simone Inzaghi is determined to. Keep pursuing Chelsea's 30-year-old Spanish left-back Marcus Alonso. Maybe. I mean, he'd make sense as a wing-back, but I think they can do better. Arsenal and Everton have been linked with a move for Schalke's 22-year-old American striker, Matthew Hoppe. He'd be a good backup at Everton. Yeah, I don't see that Arsenal would have any interest in him. They've already got a bunch of young strikers there. Norwich have commenced talks with Bournemouth about signing Philip Billing. He's a good player, but he just he's very inconsistent. He's been relegated multiple times. That would concern me. And Argentina goalkeeper Willy Caballero is being linked with a return to Malaga after he was released by Chelsea this summer. Best of luck, Willy. He has been a quality servant to Man City and Chelsea. Won himself a fair bit as well. Um... No, he missed well, he, he missed City's successful years. He won a League Cup. Um, he won an FA Cup, a Champions League and Europa League with, with uh, Chelsea. So definitely had more success at Chelsea in his four years than he did at City. Um, he played more games at City. He played 48 in three years there and 38 in four years at City. Not bad. He's been earning, I would say, very good money for the last seven years. Um, and he played 76, sorry, 86 games across seven years. Backup goalkeeper has got to be one of the best jobs going. Third choice keeper is the one, though. Like, 
when you're the guy that they bring in just for the quota and you just sit in the stand every week and watch and you earn your, your money, that's probably the, the, the best the best job to have. Um, we'll leave it at that for today. Uh, we're back tomorrow. We're back the whole week, obviously. And then uh, we start counting down towards the season. So we'll start previewing the season, going through different teams, what I think they still need, what they might do before the season kicks off, and then setting out what I think are realistic goals for each team, where I think they should be aiming to finish in the league, how they should do in the Cups, etc., etc. All that to come in the next kind of week and a half as we count down towards the start of the 21-22 Premier League season. So enjoy the rest of your day. I will see you tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.